The hymn that we just sang, Tell Out My Soul, is a paraphrase of the Magnificat, which I'm sure you are all familiar with. It is otherwise known as the Song of Mary. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. You can find it in several places in the prayer book. And I like this hymn at this time of year because of the theme of Epiphany, which I've mentioned before, and I'll mention again, that it is the manifestation of Jesus Christ to the world. And we think about how Jesus was manifested and how the circle grew ever wider and wider. How at that first moment, at that, in that small room, we can imagine uh, possibly where it was, uh, sometimes in the artist's imagination, Mary is often pictured uh, praying in her Italian villa with her prayer book open and her beads, and it's a little bit uh, historically incorrect. One of my favorite uh, images of this moment is a painting that was done by Henry Asawa Tanner, which is in the Philadelphia Museum of Art, and it shows a young girl in a room a small room, which looks very authentically Middle Eastern, not in that sort of Orientalist way with you know hookahs and things like that, but a spare room with just a little uh, curtain. And she's sitting on her bed looking at just this shaft of light, not an angel with gigantic wingspan and beautiful vestments and handing her a bouquet of lilies, but just this light, and the look on her face is not one of fear or really excitement, but just sort of a knowing wonder. And so in that moment, God revealed his plan for the salvation of the world to an unlikely person, an unlikely age, an unlikely situation. You get the pattern. And so to this one young woman, at that one particular moment in time, God's plan was revealed, and thankfully, she accepted his invitation. And so she pondered these things in her heart, and she carried in her womb the infant Jesus. The incarnation story, the Christmas story, and the epiphany story, and the epiphany theme are two sides of the same coin. The incarnation had to happen so that Jesus could be born, so that Jesus could be, grow to be a man and grow to live among us as one of us. The epiphany has to happen so that we can get to know him. And so he is born, and so he is revealed. We know that in the stable, the first things to see him were the animals, besides his earthly parents. And so he was revealed to that sort of layer or circle of creation, if you will. And then the very cosmos comes into play, the very universe, when we hear the story of the wise men being guided by a star. So this star, this heavenly body, whatever it was, also revealed him and also in its own way sang its praises and proclaimed him to be God. And then these three foreigners show up at whatever point 
and offer their gifts and worship. And as they go their way, the child grows. And he grows in strength and stature and wisdom. And although the stories we have during the Epiphany season aren't necessarily all in chronological order, they make sense for us theologically if we think about the season in this way, in this way of Jesus being manifested to all of creation in all orders of the heavenly hosts. And so it makes sense that we have these readings that constantly underline and highlight and bold the fact that Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, perfect God and perfect man who came to be with us, to teach us God's will for ourselves and to show us the path of salvation. And so we have the angels, the shepherds, the stars, the animals, the wise men, John the Baptist baptizing him at the River Jordan, the Holy Spirit descending in the form of a dove and the voice of God being heard by all who are there. And now this story of Jesus in the synagogue teaching. Here he is with his toughest crowd. All these other stories we've had leading up to this have been people who have, we've heard of people who have readily accepted him. The wise men dropped what they were doing, made a trek across the desert to come and see this thing that had happened. The shepherds dropped what they were doing, came into town from their fields where they were keeping their flocks by night. And others flocked to Jesus. We heard the story of uh, a few weeks ago of the calling of his disciples. He walks by them and just says, follow me, and they drop everything, and they follow him. But now, here we find Jesus in the synagogue, amongst his toughest critics. Those who are keepers of the faith, those whose job it is to do just that. And so they often get a bad rap for constantly testing and questioning Jesus, because, of course, for us, hindsight is twenty twenty. They didn't have the faith to drop everything and believe like some did. And so he's in the synagogue teaching. And they were astounded at his teaching. For, as the gospel says, he taught them as one having authority. So he really spoke with authority and clarity as someone who really knew what he was talking about, someone who is steeped in theology and tradition and knowledge of the Holy Scriptures as just a young man, possibly around 30 years old at this time, so if you can imagine that. But then while in the midst of all this, one who is possessed by an unclean spirit, a demon, if you will, who is in the synagogue, cries out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? As if he's being heckled by someone in the crowd. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And so, to add to the amazement of those around him, in addition to his wisdom and teaching, Jesus casts out the spirit and and, uh, 
The man who was possessed convulses and a loud cry comes out of him and the spirit departs. And they say to themselves, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. The thing I find interesting about this particular story is they really don't even seem phased at all that there was a man possessed by demons right next to them for all this time. They're amazed at the acts of Jesus. And so we come almost full circle here in this, as we get towards the end of the Epiphany season. And we've had order after order of creation herald and name Jesus as the Son of God. The stars, the angels, his earthly parents, the animals, the shepherds, the wise men, John the Baptist, his disciples, and now even the unclean spirits, even the supernatural forces that work in the world openly sort of out him as the Son of God. Not something I think that he really wanted to happen because he was always, until the end, he was always trying to operate quietly, I think in order to get his his message across as much as possible without attracting too much negative attention. But he can't help, help it now because the cat's out of the bag. And the people who have seen this are amazed. And scripture says, at once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. So from a moment in time, in a room, in a home somewhere, to one young woman where the angel announced God's plan, to this point in time, in the synagogue where Jesus casts out an unclean spirit and his reputation and fame begin to spread. We have this whole story of the unfolding of God's revelation of himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And so as Mary sang in her song, the Magnificat, we continue to sing and we did sing today Tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord to children's children and forevermore. So we are like those people in the synagogue. Jesus is sometimes seen uh, by us today as gentle Jesus, meek and mild, our friend, sometimes called our buddy Christ. I don't know if you've ever seen that image of him. It's sort of ridiculous. But... Let's always look, let's always be amazed. Because Jesus acts in our lives all the time, every day. Maybe not dramatically, like casting out a demon right in the middle of the synagogue. But he comes to our hearts and our homes and our families and touches us in many different ways. Sometimes sometimes so quietly that you wouldn't know if you're not paying attention. But let's look at the example of these people in the synagogue and let's always be amazed at the power of Christ working in our lives. And like his mother Mary, tell out our souls the greatness of the Lord. Let his fame spread throughout the entire region because we are his disciples here in this time. We are called to carry that epiphany message 
even into this day, even in a world filled with Christian denominations and churches, we're still called every day to tell out the greatness of the Lord, make his manifestation to the world and his salvation known to all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.